brand new episode of We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Caleb, alongside, as always, virtually, of course, is my co-host, Sasha Drago. Thank you so much, Caleb Salloway. He's, he's Hungarian, but I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's turning it up this year, so that, that's, that's supposed to be a compliment. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who's also tearing it up is Ola Tamara, who's actually Norwegian, <laughs> so closer to Swedish, but we'll get into him more soon, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, how have you been? Uh, I, I've been pretty good. Uh, it's It's been a kind of a crazy week, and our decision to record on Wednesday has guaranteed that we got some juicy stories. <laughs> yeah, this, we're, this is going to be a tough hang. Yes. Not a lot of good news in this one. A lot of, a lot of bad things. Yep. Like, we tried to get Debbie Downer from SNL Stretches on this podcast, and she said, oof, kind of a bummer, guys. No thank you. <laughs> so, yeah. I, should, we, should we just get into it? Or, yeah, I mean, okay. Buzz Killington called, and he said, like, we both got the, got the <laughs> title, so let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll start out with... I guess it's definitely not the worst news we have in this podcast for sure. Well, Minnesota lost to D- to DC uh, midweek game three to one. Um, previously mentioned Ola Tamara, who leads the league in goal, like the Golden Boot race, which I realized after he had scored against us. I'm like, oh shit, he's really good. Yeah. Damn it! I think he's he, eighteen. He was get- he was getting a lot of hype from the casters, and so I like as we're watching the game, I look up the stats. And I'm like, "Holy crap!" And then I saw also that Julian Gressel, third in the league for assists, and I was like, "We're kind of aft, guys." Uh, <laughs> not to mention, uh, Ariel also got to like run all over the field that game too. Yeah, old Polly so. Boopats showing <laughs> yep. his uh, his legs again. Um, yeah, when you have the when you have the best, uh, the highest goal scorer, and also like the third assister in the league. I, you're going to have a bad time if you're facing those players. Ola Tamara also has like eight penalty kicks, which is more than the Loons have had all year. I'm pretty sure we only had one, which was missed and then put back on the rebound by uh, Roman Abila, who now plays for DC. So that's another serendipitous, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, Minnesota was really bad in this game. Let's put out there. We were really bad in this game, and also the next one, but also, but mostly this one. Yeah, it was. We were kind of plagued by bad luck, and I don't want to put it all on bad luck because we did play poorly. But we gave up two P- PKs. Chase Gasper was calling for VAR on the first one, and apparently they saw it that he committed a foul. So Kamara gets the first PK, he converts. He gets. They're given a second one in se- in second half. Uh, Kanaus trips over Debasi. I honestly think that's that's how it looked to me. Um. I don't think like I don't think Debassy committed a foul there, but at least Tyler Miller saved the second PK. That was like the one consistent thing in this in the two games we're gonna talk about is that Tyler Miller was man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. weird that you're mad in the match when you let him through goals, but he definitely was. Um, this game, Heath decided to put out a uh, five at the back system with three center backs, uh, Debassy, Boxy, and. Uh, Coleman, and it didn't work, flat yeah. out. It, players looked lost where they're supposed to step up and stop the ball or where they're supposed to be position-wise or how they're supposed to attack. And whenever she does this, moves to a 5 of the bat system, moves to a 4-3-3, three, three, moves away from the 4-2-3-1 that has been our most successful formation, it's never good. We no. probably we may have one or two points in the, that time we switch uh, formations. Yeah, it, it you the lack of communication. It looked like a lack of communication, right? Like like you said, it was confused. It wasn't the fact that like it was congested and, and players were tripping over each other. It's just that they left open these giant gaps between where you know back four and two usually play, and it was like the perfect avenues for DC to run up and down the field in. And also where we gave up a whole bunch of turnovers. Uh, it was it was not a fun game to watch. And yet we did. You just say that about a lot of games <laughs> this year for Minnesota. Yeah. It feels a lot like what are the team like, what year is it? Are those are those seats maroon and gold? No, no, they're not. Oh good. 
<laughs> it's yeah. I mean, we definitely are more solid in defense than we were in the first two years, but we're scoring less as well. Which yeah. move on to uh, the game this past Saturday, mm-hmm. um, Minnesota nil, Dallas nil. Game was down in Fristo, and oh, I yeah. I know the Olympics just ended, but for 2024, the way that Kendra and Callum flipped and stretched and contorted themselves to make this look like a good result on the road, they should get some gold medals from someone. I don't know who, but somebody. Yeah. Uh, and those two are all, almost always brutally honest, so I don't think they're ignorant of the fact. I think they were just trying to be nice to the team. Like, you know, don't kick them when they're down. But a point, yeah, a point on the road on a nil-nil draw against the 11th place team in the conference is not, is not a good result. I'm sorry. Like, and Kendra and Callum know that. Like, the tone of their voice was just like, yeah, this is bad, even though their words were saying this is good. So. And you're right. Usually, usually uh, Kendra, at least, is more critical yeah. of the performances. Mm-hmm. And I think that she has to be, Cal is more like, this is what happened. And Kendra has to like, kind of dissect what's going on in the pitch. Yeah. And she's usually a voice of reason and yeah that game she wasn't and i know the old adage like oh point on the road is, is a good point no matter who you're playing against and not this match man really not this match yeah um if you want to make the playoffs you want to set up yourself for a playoff run you have to be winning or at least scoring in matches like this because chances are and it's a pretty good chance that we're, ha- we're not going to have a home game if we do make the playoffs so if this is our road form, this can be a very short trip till we're till all the players are on the beach somewhere. It, yeah. it sucks, dude. <laughs> it does, yeah. We uh once again, like we gave a lot of freedom to their playmakers. Obrian, Ricardo, Pepe, and Jesus Ferreira looked better than our, our offense, and that shouldn't be the case considering where we are in in the table. And also, who like we started our ideal lineup. Reynoso got a, a week off. You would th- and you would have thought we would have scored a goal, at least a goal. But seventeen shots, six on goal, didn't convert any of them. Pretty depressing result. Yeah, uh, Nito Hansen made his return to the f- the pitch um, after a lengthy spell on the injured list. Um, he came on as a sub. Um, then Fernando Adi came on, which this is another thing. We have a designated player named Adrian Uno, who I can't think of a time where he's been on the pitch with Reynoso, Fragapani, and Lude. I don't think all four of those players have been on the same pitch at the same time together. And that can't happen. I mean, Lude has kind of been the guy up front for us this year and it's worked out for the most part, but we all know he's best on the right wing cutting in on his left. Yep. And Adrian Huno, who I think has four goals for the Loons, after his brace against was it Houston? Yeah, against yeah. away at Houston, he's kind of been he had one kind of mediocre game of time was just relegated to the a bench slot and really hasn't seen the field Definitely not in a starting sense since Lude has been back, but also just now that Zanatin subbed on him. And say what you will about Fernando Adi, he may have earned his spot during practice, but that is a DP, a designated player on your bench. He has that those two letters by his name for a reason. He's supposed to be really fucking good. And if you can't put him around the best playmakers that we have... You're not setting him up to. You're setting him up to fail. Is what you're doing. You're setting him up to be a one-season wonder. And Minnesota's not a team that can do that. They need these DP slots to hit and hit hard. I'm pretty sure Angelo Rodriguez was was a DP. Am I wrong? I might be wrong. Actually, thinking about that. Either way, he was up there involved in the play, in the offensive play, and you need. Yeah at this point, all of your players to come together and all like the gears have to start clicking. Like it's getting really close to the line. And like, even though it's close in both conferences, like it was close this week for us to jump up right behind Portland 
and give us a little bit of safety and breathing room. And we'll right. talk about that. And and Portland is a, is a team actually that's perfectly referenced for this because they are all like coming online at at once and and doing well. And all their players are showing up even off the bench. The, the players are doing well. Yeah, the, the teams yeah. around the loons and the, <laughs> yeah. and the table are all heating up at the same time. And it's that mm-hmm. like that uh, Ralph Widgham chuckles. I'm in danger. Not gif. Yeah, that's how the loons should feel. And there doesn't seem to to be any urgency it seems like on the loon side if there was you know uno would be playing if there was another dp who's been on the bench ever for the past four months deandre douche would be on the field when he was healthy instead of being subbed on in the 80th minute he scored a vessel kick in practice today so that's pretty cool at least or yesterday either one yeah so it's a combination of not scoring, but also not putting your best players on the pitch. That's leading us to where we are now, which is probably seventh, maybe, yep. which is barely, a, this is the last playoff spot in the West, which means no home field advantage at all. So no names at Allianz. It's where we are, we, where we do play well at Allianz. But the problem is we don't play well on the road. And we, if, if, if the Loons make the playoffs, they will lose in the first round. You like guaranteed. Yeah. Darren fucking teed. Yeah. We'd have to... The opposing team would have to implode. And the, the opposing team would have to implode in their home field, which is n- not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it did happen last year against yeah. Kansas City. That was so much yeah. fun to watch. Remember yeah. That? But we were, we were a very different team back then. <laughs> it's, it's horrible yeah. to say. Yeah. We were. Um, you know? We were. Yeah. And... um. We're not even going to be the same team coming up against Colorado Rapids because we're going to be down our, our biggest, our best player, our playmaker, Reynoso, because of the red card. Um, yeah. 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 Red card to Reynoso. Yeah. Kind of both went for the ball. Mm-hmm. I. It wasn't a red card. No. They're both in stride, not. They're going for the ball yet. And Reynoso was maybe a tad bit late. But it's a bang bang play. There's nothing malicious in it. It's not a red card for me. It's a yellow. Yeah. If anything, it's a yellow. Yeah. He extended okay. foot because he was going for it. Yeah. Mm. The thing is, we almost played better without with 10 players on the pitch. It was weird. I think it was Nico Hansen had like, like one of our best chances after that happened. It's like, oh, can we just like have one of our guys sit out? Like, oh, no, I'm, in, I'm hurt or whatever. No, we're not going to sub anyone on. Play with 10 men. We played better with 10 men than against 10 men. Oh yeah, I was I, ready to like forgive it all if we scored down a man. I'd be like, "Oh, this is the ultimate humiliation." <laughs> you took off our best player, and then we score. But sadly, it wasn't it wasn't to be. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. we're playing against Colorado Nets, who did lose to Seattle three nothing. But I mean, if you want to if you want to bust a slump, you can play against Minnesota right now. So yeah. and Colorado always always plays us tough. We joked that Houston is our rival because the Dylan Wolper story, but really like two teams that do not like each other are Colorado and Minnesota. Like do not like each other. Like players do not like each other when the game is going on. So yeah, it should be fun. I don't know, man. <laughs> it, it's this Sunday uh, afternoon game. I think three o'clock kicked off. Um, yeah. If you do go, please wear a mask. Please be vaccinated. There's a whole thing now where there's no capos from the supporters groups because there's no vaccination mandate at Allianz Field. And it came out recently in a Dark Clouds uh, email blast that some higher-ups at the club do not think a vaccination mandate or negative test mandate at the field would help stop the spread of covid and they don't want to alienate fans who are against vaccinations. So really, cash is king at Allianz Field. So <laughs> if you do go, I encourage you not to shop there, not to buy anything, any merch or concessions. Um, I'm not going to like, if you want to see live soccer, go see live soccer. I'm not saying that. You already bought your tickets. But if you do not feel comfortable going, don't go. And we also support you in that decision as well. Um, 
yeah i don't know man I don't, i'm still not sure if i'm going on sunday yeah i and i completely support you in that either like i support anybody who decides not to go it doesn't make you any less of a supporter i and also don't judge you if you choose to go just be safe be safe for yourself and others um yes yeah i feel like and this is just totally off topic not about soccer mm-hmm. at all but yeah. think about others as well and your decisions have to affect your life because we're both healthy youngish people and we're both vaccinated and i don't know about you but the reason i got vaccinated was I wanted to see my family and my grandparents for the first time in two years without worrying about them dying because of me. So yeah, get vaccinated. Your neighbors will thank you. Yeah, definitely. And your grandparents, if they're cool, maybe they don't want to see you. Maybe they're like, Oh man, I'm really happy. They're not vaccinated. You don't have to see them anymore. They're, they suck. And you probably do because you won't get vaccinated. Anyway, I'm lost now. <laughs> I don't know where to go after that. Oh, hey, you might suck. Hey, keep listening. Yeah. Keep listening. Uh, speaking of grandparents, uh, let's talk about a coach who isn't aging so well, and that's Bob Bradley. Oh, my God. He, yeah. Yeah. He, he got another, not the best result, a, a 1-1 draw in El Trafico against uh, LA Galaxy. They're sitting outside of the playoff spot as well right now. Are yeah. they not? Yeah. They are. No, they are. They're <laughs> below us. And I keep waiting for them to be like, oh, no, we're above you. And like, just end it. Like, it's all this hope. Like, the, this, the line from um, Ted Lasso, it's the hope that kills you. I'm like, hey, we're still in the playoff spot. We're still in the playoff spot. Just waiting for LFC to be like, nah, bro, we got this. Or even Portland say, nah, bro, we got this. Just, just rip the band aid off, guys. Just, just rip it off. Right now you're just peeling it, and it's unbearable. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. As far as El Trafico's go, pretty tame, honestly. Yeah. Um, Mamadou Fall scored in eleventh minute. It, it's good. It's nice when a defender scores. I always love that. Uh, Samuel Granser equalized though in the nineteenth minute, and then it was just nothing. So. Yeah, it was pretty tame for which an is, El Trafico. Which is good. I only watched the first, like, 20 minutes. Like, after Drancer scored, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I gotta watch something else. Yep. <laughs> Best decision. Best decision of that night, for sure. Um, Kansas City beat Houston 4-2. to two. Johnny Russell, the brace, also signed that contract extension until, like, 2024, I believe. Which is great. I can't wait to go up and down some three, three times a year until then. It's gonna be awesome. What are they going to put in his knees? Like steel plates? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Man, he's Scottish. It's iron brew down there. That's it. He just turns iron brew and congeals in his kneecaps and it just makes him stronger. Yep. That's why they're winning, man. The dude's half android. <laughs> half android, uh, half chemicals. Yeah. Um. Uh, shall we just keep in, keep in pace with Kamara at this point with a golden boot? 16th goal of the season. A couple years ago, I th- I think he had like he had just an awful year, like one goal and was just terrible. It's really nice to see him like bounce back and like be good again because you want to see young players in this league do good and not like I'd rather have him scoring sixteen goals than like Gonzalo Higuain scoring sixteen goals. Fuck that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daddy Tinder stores as well. Just really. <laughs> Kind of Kansas City kind of just I the storyline definitely even though it's four two benefits Houston. Uh goals from Fafa Pito and Darwin Quintero. I haven't heard that name in eighty four <laughs> years. Anyway, um Yeah, Kansas City really dominated this game and those two goals from Houston definitely against the run of play. Yeah. Also staying hot with Portland and, and- you know, uh, until I say otherwise, I think they're the hottest team in the West, uh, even though they're below Sounders. They beat Inter Miami 1 0. Nizgoda scored the goal. Uh, this is the second goal after turning from injury in RSL. He got subbed in that game. He scored, I think, like the fifth goal out of their six of that complete domination. But yeah, they're currently on mm-hmm. eight games unbeaten. Uh, <laughs> it just it, it, That is kind of dominating the, the West right now. Is that good? 
<laughs> could, could, could we do that? Is that like a possible thing teams can do? Score six goals in a game and also win eight in a row or be undefeated eight in a row? If I was coach, I would just tell Loon's players to do that. Hey, win this game. All right, go. Why doesn't he do that? I don't get it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I wanted to make a joke that like you could actually understand the instructions from Giovanni Savarisi as opposed to Heath when they're angry. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Uh, oh, man. Uh, Inter Miami, it's been, I think, five weeks since ESPN said they were back. And... <laughs> ESPN was also very wrong with that statement. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so just a reminder, e- oh, ESPN is not your source for MLS news or analysis. They're just not, they're not good at it. Yeah. You need to make sure when you when you read sentences like that on their website, you add, uh, they're back in the dumpster. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, the past two uh, wins that Laloon's had, the ESPN... Like headline was, like, for example, oh, uh, Reynoso scores brace in three 0 win for the you for the doubt doubts you three 0 win over uh, Minnesota, and then there was, before that it was, Uno brace helps lead Houston over Minnesota, which, I mean, I'm sure they have like one guy doing like every single goddamn MLS recap, but. At least know, take some time and pause, read your headline, but did they actually win or was it the other team? <laughs> and maybe you'll do better. Um, anyway, Austin <laughs> did the Loons a huge favor, winning this yep. RSL 2-1. to one. Uh, Loons still have a game in hand to jump Salt Lake. Um, Austin, pretty, pretty formidable at home. And yeah. I think we play them at their stadium at the Q2, I believe, in the near future. Um, Cecilio Dominguez with the brace for Austin Trilac with the lone goal for Salt Lake. Um, Eastern Conference, and right now, New England is still the, the top top of the shop. No one's touching them. They're winning the Sporter Shield for, for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking back Sunday style for damn sure they're winning the, uh, <laughs> the, the supporter shield. Yeah. But from like second to like eighth. eighth, it's very yeah. close. Yeah. Like Nashville has like a, a kind of a five po- point cushion, but after that, Philadelphia Union and Atlanta United, like Philadelphia Union are third, Atlanta United are fourth, and they're separated by four points. So it's like tighter than the West, uh, which, which is very rare. Um, <laughs> do, you have the, do you have the standings up for the Eastern Conference on your computer right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was because I was gonna test you really quick, but oh, okay. <laughs> Nashville has fourteen draws. That's consistency right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's we can play to we can play to the level of our opponent no matter where they are. <laughs> that's what that says. <laughs> um, but they also only have like three losses, right? And look at that goal no, differential. That yeah, is that's. No, it's very impressive. Their goal <laughs> yeah. differential is 20, which is yeah. only bested by uh, Seattle and New England, and yeah. is tied with Sporting Kansas City. Oh, yeah. do, you know, do you know what Minnesota's goal differential is? Negative three? No, it's worse than that now, isn't it? Nope, negative two. Ne- oh, you negative were, two. Okay. You were close. Yeah. <laughs> do, you want, do you know how many goals you scored? No. Now I'm looking. Is it, uh, it, yeah, oh, it, it's thirty, yeah. which is second worst in the West, only above Austin, who again knew this year very bad, <laughs> and above uh, Inter Miami, Chicago, and Cincinnati, all who are out of the playoff spots. So again, not good. It's not good, Sasha. Um, MLS. Recently announced, and they announced yesterday that the 2022 MLS All-Star Game will be held at Allianz Field. This was kind of a very poorly kept secret that everyone kind of figured out. Um, but now it's official. Hopefully we have a player that actually plays in an All-Star Game. 
next season. Yeah. If not, actually, you know what? I hope no Minnesota players make it. Or if they do, they're, they sit at home injured because I don't want a Minnesota player getting hurt at an all-star game. It's the dumbest thing in the world. Anyway, that uh, said, I would I would still take a Reynoso, you know, banger or like oh, yeah. a, just a beautiful play, just dribbling past all these other all stars. Um, yeah, I hope did, you guys enjoyed that good news. Yeah, um, did uh, did they, I don't think they announced who the opponent was. I'm assuming it's gonna be Liga MX All Stars again, which mm-hmm. I think they should continue. That, that's a lot of fun, actually. But yeah, that's the good news we have for the podcast. Um, you might notice in your app that man, there's a lot of podcasts left. Oh, bottle up. Yep. Um, there's not a great way to do this, a segue. It's pretty much all bad news from here on out, especially if you're a Barcelona fan at the end. If you're not, if you hate Barcelona, like there's a little light at the end of this very dark, dark, awful tunnel that we're about to go through. But don't worry. We got you. These two white cis men talking about this problem. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah, it's bad. Um, just... We should say trigger warning. There's some stuff in here, racism and uh, sexual coercion and stuff in this story that we're going to be talking about. Um, you're okay to just end the podcast here if you don't want to hear about that. There's going to be a whole lot. You can look up the Barcelona stuff. It's pretty funny if you're not a Barcelona fan. But this stuff is going to be pretty tough to talk about. And we'll... We'll try to bring light where we can, but while while also keeping the content, uh, respecting the content, respecting the women who came forward with all this, with the story. Um, there's no easy way to get into this. This had way into this, but uh, and, I, I I I have oh, one. Okay, please do. <laughs> and this is I think I, I captures the gravity of the situation perfectly. The Athletic released an article last week uh, that kind of lit a fire in. Portland, and much like real fires in Oregon, a week later it, it had grown immensely to spread across the whole league, and there's no way they were going to put it out. Yep, that, that worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Didn't it? <laughs> um, first off, before we go any farther, I want to commend the reporting done at The Athletic by Meg Lenahan, who put out two stories, and her um, I think she co-wrote these stories, one with uh, Pablo Mar, who is a beat writer for uh, DC United and also the Washington Spirit. Um, very good follow on Twitter, both of them. And I'm just going to get the other authors up real quick. I closed the articles, which was stupid of me, honestly. So um, basically, these articles, there were some rumblings of some stuff happening in Washington um, at the in the spirits for a while, but this story that came out last week really exploded, not really out of nowhere, because there was rumblings about this kind of stuff happening, but holy shit. Yeah. Um, first off, last week, uh, Magdalena had recent article on The Athletic um, about former, now former North Carolina Courage coach Paul O'Reilly. Um, the coach was previously had previously had coaching stops at Philadelphia and Long Island in the, the WPS, and then with the Thorns in Portland and the North Carolina Courage NWSL. Um, these allegations were known by NWSL. We should probably say what they are. Um, Two players, former players, um, accused, came forward, used their names, accused Paul Riley of um, emotional abuse and sexual coercion. Um, at least 11 other players came out anonymously for fear of retribution from Paul Riley due to standing in the game. Um, if you have an athletic, an athletic, uh, subscription i strongly encourage you to read this it's a tough read but it's an important one and we're not going to do it justice here on this podcast because because it's the reporting is so good and these women are so brave coming forward we can only do some major points from this and yes. um one 
yeah, one point I want to really, that really, I guess, hit, hit me hard was that one of the women who came out and spoke about her experience, she had been under Paul Riley before he had gone to the Thorns over at SKC, and he had her transferred, right? So while he, he apparently had started taking advantage of her at SKC, had her transferred mm-hmm. when he moved to Portland and continued this, like, this dynamic of behavior of of subverting his control and coercing her for for sexual activity and that's when i read that that sounded really insidious like both both as him as an individual but the fact that that was allowed throughout the league and then it was followed up by the fact that portland thorns did an investigation and then this was later like after by an independent investigation and they found enough weight on it that they decided to let him go. And at the time, it was thought that he was being let go because the Portland Thorns had had a poor season. And now it's confirmed that he was let go because they did not want him around the team. But and after that, he yeah. was hired by the Western New York Flash, who then moved to North Carolina to become the Courage. Mm-hmm. Either there was no vetting done or no calls to Portland or anything, or there was and they didn't care. Um, the two players that come out publicly were uh, Milena Shim and uh, Sinead Farrelly. I don't think I'm saying that first name right. It might be Sinead. It's probably Sinead Farrelly. Um, Sinead Farrelly also had a chance to uh, join the U.S. Women's National Team in 2011 for that World Cup cycle. Um, was called up while she was playing for Paul Riley. Um, Riley took like great offense to this, that she would leave him and basically made her choose between the women's world cup and him. And due to whatever abuse she had suffered in the past, she chose to forego a chance in a lifetime to play for the, in the world cup. Um, at the time it shocked, you know, analysts and also the U.S. Women's national team, but now this has come to light. Like, how was how this not seen before or how many how many people ignored that he was doing this is there's so many stories in here that if you were a higher up at Portland or if you were a higher up at North Carolina or Western New York or even before in Philadelphia or Kansas City or Long Island how did you not see what was happening what was going yeah. on and the outrage is has hit the head of the NWSL commissioner, Lisa Barrett, and the general counsel, Lisa Levin, they were both resigned. But a lot of protest online is directed against the Portland Thorns because they, through their own admission, knew that he was a problem. And instead of like getting the bad PR by making it public, right, or even after you know whatever legality thing, legal stuff they might have to face, they decided to let it be somebody else's problem, which then... It, it it emulates the same behavior that the Catholic Church did with their priests, right? We take care of it, make sure he's not around here, but we'll just move him over somewhere else where he can continue the same behavior, right? It's never addressed until it's finally made public. And this played out almost exactly the same way. And and I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not a Portland fan, but I'm so happy that the outrage is coming from the Thorn, uh, the... Timbers Army and the Rose City Riveters, the Kong for a boycott on all Thorns gear and to not buy concessions at Providence Park. And they're also asking for the removal of GM Galvin Wilkinson from the organization. And he should be removed. Like, and he should, like, sell his ownership. Like, damn, like, you fucking don't let, you don't let that fucking behavior slide. And at and, and, and worst, you're, like, you're enabling it because you're just, you know, oh, not my backyard. I'll just pass it off to the, the East Coast. No. You, like, it's stuff, so stuff, yeah stuff yeah. like this needs to be cut and culled yeah. from the tree of soccer yes it needs to be cut from from burned he, he needs to be ostracized from coaching from this lead from women's soccer in general because he could he proved that he was not a safe person for anyone to be around um yeah. The Portland Timbers players released a message supporting the Thorns players and the NWSL players. Um, the MLSPA, the NWSLPA, all behind the players. Lots of um, stories coming from NWSL players that 
are honestly too many to recount on this podcast here, but you should go look, um, calling for change, not only in the NWSL, but also soccer in general. Um, Paul Riley was fired last Thursday after this story came out. Um, and we saw knew about the allegations about this investigation six months before. So back in April of this year and did nothing to stop it. Um, and the NWSL commissioner, Lisa Baird and general counsel, Lisa Levin have resigned. Uh, the games for the NWSL were canceled last weekend. There's no word if there will be t- games this weekend at all. Um, and as Sasha, as you said, uh, Portland supporters, Porter soccer supporters in general are calling for Dan Wilson to resign. Um, about maybe what ten minutes before we started recording, he was placed yep. on administrative leave. Yep. Um, and <laughs> this is where I tell you, dear listener, this is the first NWSL story we've talked about today. Because there's another <laughs> yeah. one, and it might be worse, honestly. Yeah. It's um, it, it, both equally well. In my opinion, I, think I, think, I don't want. Bad. Yeah, we probably shouldn't compare. <laughs> they're yeah. both terrible and should not be in yeah. any lead around the world. It's just a shame. Um, yeah. There were journalists who cover the lead on Twitter calling for the lead to fold and let the teams that are strong enough find another lead. Um, that's how bad this is. How yeah. deep this rot goes it was all the way to the top and all so deep in the lead. Um, actually, I, I mentioned about games. There's a game going on right now, Gotham, and I think Portland or Orlando. I had it up, but um, the players um, gathered in a circle before the game with arms around each other. So yeah. it's not through ownership we'll get through this, but it's, I think through the players who will show their leadership, and that tells you a lot. Um, it makes you look at um, teams like Angel City FC, whose entire board is women, but they'll probably be okay. That being said, the two women who resigned from the only one, to, the only people to resign from NWSL like boards were two women. So, who knows? Um, just went to Washington. There's no easy segue. No. It's also awful. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just move in. Um, this came out yesterday again. An uh, uh, athletic report by Meg Linehan, Pablo Mar, and Steph Yang. Go follow them on Twitter, and if you can, subscribe to The Athletic to read their stuff. They're all great writers and great reporters on soccer in general, and also these reports are fantastic in that they've shaken this lead to its core and made them look themselves in the mirror. So mm-hmm. props to those three writers right there. Um, this is comes from Washington. Uh, the Washington Spirit investigation found that owner Steve Baldwin cultivated a culture of harassment and toxicity. Um, he did step down as CEO yesterday, which was the fifth. Um, he still has his stake in the club. Um, the supporters remind- are demanding that he, he, he relinquishes that right now. They're not satisfied with just this small move. Or He's, this first move, I should say. Yeah, it's been... The supporters have been calling him for him to sell. Um, he's had people removed from games for having banners saying, sell the team Steve, because he's a little wiener who can't handle any criticism. Um, he also was the only NWSL team to uh, not have a Pride Night. I think it was last year, or it was probably the year before that. Because um, he's homophobic, and um, he he cultivated a, a, a culture of that with his coaches and his GM. Um, Coach Ricky Burke was fired after being accused of abusive and outright racist behavior. Um, he has been banned from working in in the NWSL ever again, which finally, like fucking right, they should have done that with Paul Riley. Mm-hmm. Um, players described practices as quote, a place of fear, end quote. Um, Baldwin, uh, Steve Baldwin rage-traded NWSL stars and U.S. Women's National Team stars Mallory Pugh and Rose Lavelle due to, quote, lack of loyalty, end quote. 
um, basically not being happy with how Coach Burke was treating them during training and also not wanting to do like not like mandated like fan signings outside of like training and like games. Um, former assistant Tom Torres, um, he was domestic dismissed dismissed <laughs> shortly after last year's challenge cup after a protest from players players had a problem with Torres's um, quote drinking use of homophobic comments profanity racist language and sexually inappropriate comments and quote the players were extremely um, discouraged and concerned after um, Torres secured a position working with a young woman as a coach at an academy outside of D.C. after his dismissal. Um, this is obviously a man who should not be around young women or in any sort of leadership role. Um, Burke should not be near any sort of leadership role. Um, and Steve Baldwin should never own a team in any sport ever again. And those the words that you use there are like the drinking and the sexually inappropriate comments, the gravity of that is it shines through in light of the previous story, right? It yeah. almost feels like it's the same thing, right? A person in a, po- a position of power taking advantage of female players, right? And then also oh, yeah. when when they try to go against him, he lashes out and is very spiteful and uses his position to undermine them. Like, it's that's fucking statutory and predatory, it's it's a it's a pattern that we've yes. seen ever seen now yeah. in NWSL and yeah. there was a tweet that came out last week where uh, someone took like all the the coaches that started the year with their teams and think as of right now four of them are overseas like left the league and the and two of them are Paul Riley and Richard Burke and there's only like three coaches still like remaining from the teams from the like ones that started with their teams this year. Um, it's it's a shit show, and I do not envy the person who has to step in and make things right. Yeah, they have a a huge project on their plate, and it needs to be the right person. Otherwise, NBSO will fold. Yeah, and those teams won't have a place to go. Maybe wherever the new women's Soccer team in Minnesota will be playing. I forget what lead they're going to be in, but we didn't talk about them much, but go follow MNWOSO on Twitter and Instagram, and they'll have a name soon, I hear. So, yeah. yeah. But it's a question of, is can the NWSL bounce back, or is it just too poisoned as a lead right now. Is it too poisonous as a brand? Uh, FIFA has announced they're, they're they're launching an investigation, which I mean FIFA is investigating. So I mean, as long as you didn't like, well, it, they'd be better off if they did like pay for slave labor. They'd be fine with that because FIFA is also very corrupt. But yeah. hopefully they <laughs> do some sanctions or something against these teams or this lead. And maybe this means more women's national team players move overseas to European leagues instead of staying staying at home because it's right now it's pretty toxic. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put in my last word about this, and it, it's in regards to a comment I saw online. It was just like someone said, challenging writers to not just focus on NWSL when there's a tragedy, right, or when it's bad news, mm-hmm. right. Uh, it was all suddenly all these non-sports writers and people who didn't cover NWSL were taking their time to like you know point out how horrible something happened. Well, like that doesn't really apply to us here. We do love the NWSL. We have teams that we like. We have people who cover it that were more intelligent than us uh, who <laughs> talked to us about it. And I I love the league. I don't. I'll say that I don't want NWSL to dissolve, but I am proud of these reporters. Because I, my hope is that it it commit it just creates a purge. It purges this out of the league, and then they can go on from here. If we can have female players who become coaches or or female owners, whatever whatever we need to do so that it the behavior dies here, and that's my hope. 
This is the point where if you're an NWSL fan and you made it this far, but you're also a Barcelona fan, just turn it off, dude. <laughs> or y'all. Dude yeah. is non gen uh, I use dude it's for everybody, so that's not yeah, gender yeah. specific. So yeah. um so with Barcelona. What risk of Premier League this week? Because even though Mohamed Salah is the Egyptian dad of soccer, it doesn't feel right to talk about some stuff unless they actually happen, like the takeover of Newcastle. So um Barcelona. Um a recent audit of Barcelona's finances um finished. There's a reporter on uh, Barcelona beat writer on uh, March March Celo uh, Belcher, who great follow on Twitter again. It just translated his tweets because they're all in Spanish, obviously. Um, some of the highlights from this thread on the audit. It's not everything. I just took the stuff that shocked me the most and put it in the the notes. There's there's definitely more to this. So basically, it's really bad at Barcelona. Um, there was no money to pay pay employees in April of this year. Um. Not a great start. Salaries went from 471 million euros to in 2017 to 667 million euros in 2017-18 to 759 million euros in 2020. Um, the salary for four players was more than 300 million euros, which is more than Juventus's entire wage bill. Um, Barcelona pay salaries that are 30% to 50% more than market value. Um, the debt as of March of this year is 1.37 billion with a B euros. Basically, this summarize, the summary of this report was that COVID had very little effect on the finance, financial trouble at Barcelona. It was more the reckless spending once they sold Neymar for, I think, almost... Like two two hundred million euros, they kind of just put their money in, spent wildly, and didn't have anything to show for it. Um, and uh, Belcher ends his thread with this line: "If the club was a company, it would have ended." Yeah, they they offloaded as many players as they could. A lot of them were free transfers. And we know for a fact that they did that just so they could pay a a small portion of that one point three seven billion <laughs> back to the bank that they that they had to turn in. They had to deliver that money. So there, <laughs> there, there are some little some hinky, uh wonky uh, transfers in the past. Most recently, the Pjanic to Juventus for Art or yeah, Pjanic from Juventus to Barcelona for Arthur. Um, and there was uh, Neto and another goalkeeper switch. Silson, I think it was. And basically, those two moves were basically done for to balance the books at Barcelona. No other reason, because they hadn't done that, they'd be bankrupt. Um, more more than they actually they are now, they'd be really fucked. I just also saw another tweet where someone within the club has said that winning the treble in twenty fifteen doomed the doomed Barcelona, because Bartomeu was president then, and even though they had won trophies. His financial mismanagement was kind of, kind of uh, overlooked because everyone saw the trophy, so he was reelected, and look where they are now. Um, oh, fuck, man. Um, there's there's no good news in this episode. We're really sorry. I I yeah. read a, I read a good book recently. It was it was really funny and kind of scary and. Sci-fi, it was it was good. What was the name of the book? Uh, it was it's called The Hike, by Drew McGarry, who's actually a sports writer. Is, is he, that the prequel to The Road? No, it's <laughs> much more funny than The Road, but it's it's also like very nice, good twist at the end, kind of scary and funny. It's just kind of hit me right in the what I needed to read at that point. I'd had read a lot of high fantasy and needed something a little little. I don't know. Not as dense, but still fun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what have What have you read recently, Sasha? <laughs> I I just got a a philosophy book by Arthur Kessler called uh, Ghost Machine, and it's it's kind of heavy to digest, but I I enjoy it. I do want to end this podcast on on a good note. So here's the good note: considering how much bad news we just covered, the good part is if you're into my uh, uh, Inter Milan, you dodged a bullet this week. <laughs> 
what 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 happened oh because they're, they're still fi- yeah they're financially still in the shitter and they can't find a buyer oh so, that's I right won't. that's right as we talked about that a few episodes ago yep so there's your good news <laughs> they're just looked over in spain look at them don't pay no attention to the team behind the curtain made of rag can't afford a real curtain held up by the chinese government whose yes. own economy is having problems uh yeah okay yeah and yeah we we took out about the whole new, new tassel thing now but we'll say that for if it actually happens yeah um yeah. sasha where do people find you on the interwebs uh you can find me on instagram at alexander sourceloth assuming instagram is up and running and the engineers aren't like ready to to quit <laughs> I mean, they might be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at RealCalebFC. You can find me on Instagram at Caleb with a K with periods between each word. Um, find the podcast at TWO United Fans across all platforms. Thanks to the band Tectonics for the use of our, their song Lustless as our theme music. Check them out on YouTube and Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Also, shout out to our lead commissioner, Eric Olson. And shout out to Suni Lee. She did a backflip in high heels on Dancing with the Stars, which she should get another gold medal for, because holy shit. Anyway, shout out to Suni Lee, St. Paul Legend. Also, shout out to the Mad Villain, MF Doom. Rest in peace forever. Yeah.